You are listening to the Fans of Wrestling Show here on the FOW Radio Network. I am Patrick with Danny Danger and Mika Villas. Back together for another week. Talking some more pro wrestling month is almost over. And uh, boy, we've had quite an April. Uh, but I think uh, everybody's pretty much recovered from the WrestleMania hungover. How you guys doing? Uh, doing well. The weather's starting to get a little warmer. Um, you know, hopefully our our merchandise uh, wrestling friends start putting together some uh, some tank tops for uh, you know the gun show to come back this summer. It has been a long, long uh, journey. This month seems like it is never ending. It's fine. It's dandy. It's full of wrestling. Like you said, it's getting hotter. Wrestling's heating up too. So bring on the merch, but bring on the great wrestling. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Um, uh, we're going to be all over the place here with, with some of these things. But let's go ahead and first uh, take a quick look at the New Day. Now, of course, uh, WWE champion Kofi Kingston uh, and Xavier Woods are missing one big E as he's at home recovering from surgery. Uh, he'll be out for a few months. You know, in his place, they have an honorary member, Big O, Kevin Owens, uh, being an honorary member of the New Day. Last week, they had a six-man tag where they were victorious. And this week, uh, we had a match between Kofi Kingston and Shinsuke Nakamura. Big O, apparently... uh, did not like being part of the New Day as much as uh, he let everyone to believe because after, you know, hitting uh, Kofi with a super kick, beat him up some, and looks like he will be the first uh, contender for Kofi Kingston's WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston here in, in his first defense and KO, who very popular last week in Montreal, very much a hated man this week. Well, I think most of us kind of saw the uh, you know KO turning on the New Day as he uh, does not exactly have the best track record um, for you know long term friendships. He ends up turning on his partners. Um, you know, he turned on on Jericho, who was his quote unquote best friend. He turned on Sami Zayn multiple times, even though they're kind of to get friends again, kind of not. But we did. I guess most of us didn't expect it to happen so quickly. Didn't expect, you know, it to literally be a one week they're celebrating. The very next week, KO turns on him. But I guess you got, you know, you got Money in the Bank coming up. You need a you need a challenger. So, um, KO turns on him. All albeit in that six man tag, uh, Rusev took. The worst stunner uh, cell since Sergeant Slaughter, where he kind of takes it like a snapmare. Um, it's it's terrible. I I hate that cell of a stunner. That aside, yes, it made for some silly some silliness um, in Montreal. And but you know the the K the real KO shows his true colors. Um, you know, putting the hurting on the new day and trying to to take the championship. I mean, KO honestly, you know, he comes back. He, uh, you know, he's he's in he's thrust into the title picture, and then immediately after that, he sits out WrestleMania. He's not even in the Battle Royal or anything. He just sits, he just sits and watches WrestleMania from the sidelines. 
Um, so you can see the resent, you know, that, that he would have some resentment from that. So Vince gave him a spot and then he wasn't given anything. So this time he decided he was going to take it. And, uh, you know, Kofi, Kofi Kingston is in a lot of trouble going into money in the bank, um, against KO. It's always dangerous. It's Kevin Owens. I mean, yeah, we, we all knew it was coming. It's just part of who he is. Um, he was sitting on the shelf before WrestleMania. I mean, he came back uh, after a, a injury, and here he is now, you know, ready to go, and he has to sit back and kind of watch Kofi Kingston get all this love and adoration from the WWE Universe. And let's be honest, Kevin Owens is not the friendliest of guys just in general. So him cozying up to the new champ and his friends was, you know, just a ploy. Big E is already out. Now all he's got to do is take out Woods, then take out Kofi, and become the um, WWE champion. Uh, all Canadians are not friendly. And, you know, Kevin Owens is living proof positive of that. I don't know how much Tim Hortons he has or has not had in his life, but Kofi is in trouble because let's uh, KO is a serious, serious competitor. And he's also someone who is uh, more than capable of beating Kofi for that title. So the run up to Money in the Bank is going to be interesting um, to see if Kofi retains the title, if they have them do anything, um, you know, well, he'll, of course, retain the title. But at Money in the Bank, I'm really concerned and worried that uh, Owens, who Vince McMahon loves, will beat Kofi. How is the WWE Universe going to react to that? Yeah, I think definitely uh, this could be a good matchup. Again. Uh, a top contender for Kofi in his first uh, defense, and I'm actually sad to see what happens. You know, uh, the question, and, and maybe an unpopular question, is how long will Kofi last as champion? Uh, I mean, I, I can't believe that he's going to be a long-term champion. Uh, I could be wrong, and the fans may want me to be wrong. But, you know, we're talking about the, this title that, that can change hands very quickly uh, if a person cools down. And th this, is, this is a character that, well, is very popular. I can't see it having long-term uh, a title reign. With, I mean, with baby faces, typically, the chase is the exciting part, okay? Kofi being held down and held down and having to go through all these hoops and overcoming the odds. And, you know, once he was able to get Daniel Bryan one-on-one, -on -one, was able to defeat him and get the championship, have that huge celebration, have celebration for several weeks afterwards. That's the moment of a babyface. A longer-term title reign for a babyface is, is, is less and less common in today's era. And it's kind of been less common throughout wrestling history. Typically, long title reigns are held by your by your heels, as it's a string of baby faces coming and trying to challenge and getting shut down, you know, by nefarious tactics or what have you. I mean, I don't I don't expect Kofi to have this belt more than you know I would say um, more than three four months would be my maximum before he uh, you know I mean he will stay possibly stay a contender, um, you know further in the you know upper echelon than he was before but um yeah i don't see i don't see him having a, an extremely long title reign 
it's scary that everybody's on the same page that I don't anticipate him having a long title reign either. And that's no knock against Kofi. It's just the nature of this beast that is the WWE. Um, three or four months. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm giving it like, are we rolling into two right now? Um, since mania, that would be great if Kofi held it for six months, but there are no viable challengers. Uh, if he if he defeats Owens, who else is waiting in the wing? So they need to keep the title itself the main focus and hot, like you said. And you do that with a heel um, on top with the baby faces chasing. So Kofi, for all the, the well and good that he's doing right now and um, representing for the culture, the business aspect of it is that uh, unless there's a shift and perhaps Kofi goes, you know, a little bit to the dark side, no pun intended, then it's going to be sooner rather than later that we see that title leave the waste of the New Day member. It'll be a den on New Day. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Money in the Bank winner uh, were to cash it in uh, to take the belt away from Kofi Kingston. Um, of course, the, the, the those participants will be uh, named uh, on Monday night uh, on uh, a special segment of A Moment of Bliss. Uh, can we talk about those the next week to see who made the cut, who will be part of the Money in the Bank matches for the men and the women. Another thing going on in the WWE, of course, uh, as they alluded to, is the Money in the Bank. Uh, and we've already got some great matches up in store. So, in addition to the two Money in the Bank ladder matches, we have Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. AJ Styles winning uh, a first a triple threat match and then a singles match on Monday night to become the number one contender for the Universal Championship. Elias will be challenging Roman Reigns. And that man is so good. She's wrestling twice. Defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. And the Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. Well, it's, I mean, she's defending against the, you know, carbon copies of each other. So in her mind, it's really just like a two out of three falls match. Um, when you, when you put Lacey Evans and Charlotte in matches, uh, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's, the cards already pretty stacked, even though we don't have the competitors for the money to make matches, um, makes sense for Becky to defend both belts on the show. I mean, that's her character. She said, you know, Hey, I'm going to hold both belts and I'm going to defend both belts and I'm going to walk out the end of the night with both belts. Um, AJ Styles with Seth Rollins one-on-one for the Universal Championship. I think is a match a lot of people wanted to see. I think when AJ joined um, WWE, you know, that was one of the opponents that everybody wanted to see him against, um, you know, in a match, in long-term feud. Uh, you know, a guy that is kind of came the generation after AJ, so they didn't really meet because AJ was in TNA, um, you know, and so they never really had, like, a long-term program anywhere with each other. Um, 
So now we get we get the opportunity to see that. I think that's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a match. Very very fast paced, I would assume um, between those two. But uh, I mean, that's that's kind of the dream. I think the dream match for most fans, right there. Uh, you said it, dream match. I mean, to get to see Tyler Black versus AJ Styles in this day and age. Hello, 2019. Thank you very much. Becky Two Belts, Becky Badass going against the Blondes. Are, are these the Blossom Twins? Are these the two Blondes? They just separated and became two different people now. We don't call them twins anymore. Lacey Evans, whatever. I mean, you're. I guess you have to kind of start someplace, and why not start by getting your butt kicked by the man? Um, and Charlotte versus Becky, honestly, I could do without seeing that match again, but again, I understand Got to kind of put some of these old demons to bed, and you know Charlotte's an, one of those an, old an demons. Old demon, yeah, she she definitely looks a lot older than <laughs> than her thirty one years. Hey, yes, yeah, true. Maybe she'll get younger now that she's got it. Anyway, um, I was gonna say Andrade or something, but Spanish, you know, doesn't crack. Um, but anyway, uh, the the card, like you guys said, it's already stacked. It's already good. Um. I'm interested to see who all is in the money in the bank because, again, that's going to determine the winners are going to determine how we roll out of this pay-per-view because who knows if they put the match of money in the bank on early enough, somebody could cash in that night uh, against a vulnerable champion like Becky. You know, if if the women's match goes first and um, Becky has these two matches, somebody could just slide right in there. And Do they take one of the titles? Would they take both of the titles? There's questions that have to be answered, so um, I'm excited. I would assume that they would challenge for one championship like the regular rules are. They just have to pick which belt they would be challenging for because it would be the same as if they were you, – you, you're granted a championship opportunity, not um, an opportunity at multiple championships. So I think they would – similar to how Becky is defending both belts individually, I think the winner would then have to say, I want the SmackDown or the Raw championship. And I guess depending on which brand they're on, is probably which championship they can go for. Yeah, well, you know, they, I mean, they they can show up anywhere and cash it in, right? That's that's true. They could just come in after a match like it's been done many times before, and just defeat the champion that's already been uh, beat up for a while. We haven't had a champion hold both world titles before. Yeah, where for money in the bank cash in, so that's the. That's the the caveat there. So I win money in the bank. I want to fight Becky. You know, maybe a little excited. They they may just you know go ahead and fight Becky and not get a chance to say, oh, you know, it was for this title. I mean, I'm sure WWE is not going to take both titles off her for money in the bank winner. But and again, who knows? And that's part of part of the magic and the mystery, I guess. Of what we have coming in uh, as we roll into Money in the Bank. Yeah, there are definitely many scenarios that could be played. Uh, it's definitely an interesting time. The Fed has a lot uh, going on for them. Uh, and, you know, it's that to see. You know, you see a lot of fresh faces, a lot of different people. You get some people that are, are gone now, you know, and that's why I enjoy the Superstar Shake-Up. Uh, and things continue to get shaken up as uh, Jinder Mahal uh, is now on SmackDown, the brand that basically 
uh, made him a superstar uh, when he became a uh, WWE champion. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's another addition there. And, uh, yeah, uh, the NXT call-ups, more clear now, seeing uh, the different guys in Ricochet. Uh, losing to Robert Roode. I know, Danny, you appreciated uh, Roode's new look there. Yes, yes. The uh, You know, it, a lot of people showed a lot of pictures channeling him to Rick Roode with the purple uh, robe and the mustache. And I uh, thought it was really funny. A lot of the memes about, you know, him being your new stepdad and those kind of things. I thought were really, really entertaining. But I guess this is, you know, his, his partner is, is now on. His partner's been drafted to the other show, so so Robert Roode can be be his own man. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. So now uh, let's let's move on to uh, other other topics. Uh, I feel like we spend a lot of time talking about the WWE and not much about any anywhere else. So uh, let's talk about some fun stuff that we are going to get to see coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Um, and one of those is the best of the Super Juniors. Uh, and New Japan Pro Wrestling, this will be the 26th uh, tournament that they're having. And the names have been announced. The participants are as follows. Bandido, Bushi, Dragon Lee, El Desperado, Flip Gordon, Jonathan Gresham, Marty Skrull, Robbie Eagles, Rocky Romero, Tegushi, Shingo Takagi, Show, Taiji Ishimori, Taka Mishinoku, Tiger Mask, Titan, Will Osprey, Yo, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and a mystery participant. It's a very deep field this year. You know, you see a lot of names from ROH in Bandito and Gresham. Uh, Flipcord and even Marty Skrull is who's pretty much an ROH guy at this point. Um, you know, then you have some of your, you know, you have Teton coming in from CMLL. He impressed uh, on the Fantastic Mania shows and has earned himself a spot uh, in the Best of Super Juniors tournament. But you, ha I like that you have some of the uh, veteran names in there. Takami Chinoku, you know, who's who's really just kind of done multi man matches with. Um, as part of Suzuki Goon for a long time. So I'm happy to, that he'll get the opportunity to kind of show off what he can do. Um, once again, uh, I know he's wanting to try to take bookings as well internationally. Um, he's been kind of putting feelers out there, uh, wants to come back to the States and, and work some shows. Um, really happy to see what, what Ta Takami Jinoku can do. But the big one that I think everybody's saying is, is going to really run this, this field is Shingo Takagi. Shingo Takagi, since coming to New Japan Pro Wrestling, has yet to be pinned or submitted. Um, 
anytime he's been on the losing end, it's been uh, one of his partners being pinned. So he has yet to be pinned or submitted. So now he has a big series of singles matches. He's probably the largest junior um, that they have. When he came in, his body weight was kind of bordering right there on the junior and the heavyweight line. So he decided to kind of trim a little bit just to make um, to make juniors and has been dominant uh, ever since. I think most people are expecting him to uh, to win his block, if not uh, if not win the whole thing. But then we come we come to this mystery person to be named later. Um, you know, we've been seeing vignettes for several months for a guy uh, that has been labeled. He, it's El Fantasma from uh, Rev Pro. I don't know if he's a junior and he would be added into this tournament. Um, you know, they were, they were kind of showing these vignettes at the shows and saying, you know, he's coming, he's coming a new member of bullet club, but I don't know if he's coming in um, to join. I think everybody's hope is that it is Hiromu Takahashi returning uh, the time bomb um, coming back. He hasn't been seen since uh, since his nasty injury where he broke his neck um, facing Dragon Lee, and Dragon Lee has been been his biggest supporter for a long time. He wants Hiromu to come back. He wants to face Hiromu again. Um, even so much so as the last last week or so, he has an entrance mask that is very similar to the mask that uh, Hiromu wore on his excursion to Mexico. I think everybody's hope is that the time bombs are to come back. Now I haven't heard any kind of timetable as to how his recovery is doing, whether he would be, if he's able to return and if he would be able to come back in the best of super juniors, which could be a very grueling schedule for him to, to jump back into. Um, but I, I, you know, I mean, I would lo- love to see the time bomb back. And uh, if he's, if he's physically able to handle it, I would love to see him jump right in there and, uh, and, and, Recement his place as one of the best in the division. That's a, a pretty great guess. I mean, you could have him come back. I mean, what about you know Tanahashi? I mean, there's so many people who could be this mystery opponent, but the field is is stacked. Um, having these guys come in from ROH, I think, helps to again bridge that gap where New Japan wants to make sure that American fans are tuning in and getting into their product and putting them um, in the the best of the Super Junior Tournament helps to do that because now um, fans who may not be as well-versed on New Japan will be able to see um, some of the stars that they do know go up against some of the best that New Japan has to offer. And, of course, um, throwing in, like, Dragon Lee, you know, CML performers coming in as well. So it'll help the Americans be well-versed in the international part of the wrestling and again, have them pick favorites. So I, I don't think we're picking who we think is going to win at this point, but the fact of the matter is there are so many great names. And like, uh, like you said, you talked about Taka Shingo. I mean, Bandito, I, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for Dragon Lee. I would love to see him pick up a overall victory in this, but man, so much talent. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's a pretty stacked card here at the lineup uh, for the best of these Super Juniors. Uh, a very good mix uh, with the uh, New Japan guys, CM Law guys, and uh, 
uh, the ROH guys, of course, another guy, Jonathan Gresham, many considered uh, one of the best pound-for-pound -pound wrestlers in the world, uh, and getting this chance here uh, to show what he's made of in Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, if he presses, we'll know he'll be back, uh, and and there'll be a lot more opportunities. Uh, and Bandido, he continues to have, uh, you know, uh, another breakout year. I thought he really broke out and showed out um, at uh, WrestleMania weekend and uh, being able to come back here to New Japan Pro Wrestling and do his thing. Uh, excited about that. Of course, you can never count out guys like Will Ospreay, who've been doing this for a while. Rocky Romero will find ways to do what he does. Uh, Mars Curl, right now, uh, you know, of course, he coming up. Big match for him. Uh, this weekend, uh, Robbie Eagles coming from the UK. You bring up Will Ospreay. Now, Will Ospreay is, you know, just recently lost the Never Openweight Championship to Jeff Cobb. And part of his mission on the Never Openweight, he wanted to face heavyweight competitors. He wanted to face big guys. So in the in the New Japan Cup, he faced uh, Fale. He faced uh, Lance uh, Lance Archer. You know, and then he ended up ultimately losing to Jeff Cobb, another big guy. So it seems that he's at least going to to stay with the junior division for for the for, you know for the time being, at least through this tournament. Um, so it's another interesting story there. You know, he has packed on a little bit of extra muscle um, through that never open weight reign. So we'll see how that um, how that changes things for him. Uh, you know, what, now that he's back uh, in the field of juniors, definitely. I I think uh, he's got some proof. Does not want to be forgotten. Uh, he may have stepped away and messed with the heavyweights, but he still wants to show, remind people that he's still one of the best uh, junior heavyweights uh, in New Japan Pro Wrestling and the world. Also, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, we're on the road to Dontaku. Big, big shows coming up uh, the weekend after next. Uh, but before then, um, this uh, this morning, early morning, I guess, uh, evening in uh, Japan, Yoshi Thunder Liger's 30th anniversary. Today is officially 30 years since the debut of the Jushin Thunder Liger character. Now, he wrestled for several years prior to putting on the mask, but April 24th, 1989, was the not only was it the first show ever in the Tokyo Dome for New Japan Pro Wrestling, but it was the debut of Jushin Thunder Liger. So they had a a 30-year you know celebration for his anniversary today. But Jushin Thunder Liger, you know, as as humble as he is and as much as he's given to this business, he said he didn't want any special treatment, he didn't want any special ceremony, he didn't want any special matchups. So he didn't want a special one-on-one -on -one match. He didn't want um, you know, any kind of in-ring ceremony or anything. He's he's been uh the last week on this Road to Dontaku shows, he's been stirring up some old things with Minoru Suzuki. Now he and Minoru Suzuki faced in a mixed martial arts bout in 2002 in Pancrase, um, the MMA pro uh promotion that Suzuki helped co-found and start and realistically is is one of the things that helped popularize MMA um, and, you know, make it help build it into the force that it is today, especially with the UFC um, being as big as it is. But so Jushin Thunder Liger came in late notice for another wrestler who had been training in MMA. 
Houston Thunder Liger had no prior training in mixed martial arts, but took the match on very short notice after his friend was hurt and unable to fight. So Houston Thunder Liger came into Suzuki's world, um, you know, and a lot of people consider a very humorous kind of fight because he really didn't know how to fight mixed martial arts. He wrestled still in his mask. Um, uh, but Suzuki was very upset that Jushin, he felt Jushin Thunder Liger was trying to leave wrestling with unfinished business. Minoru Suzuki feels they have unfinished business. Um, so things have been getting very, very heated between them. They had a multi-man match where uh, Jushin Thunder Liger teamed with Tiger Mask and uh, Taguchi against Minoru Suzuki and El Desperado and uh, Kanemaru. Um, the match, as you would expect, got very, very heated, very, very out of control. It seems that we will have a singles match brewing um, between Minoru Suzuki and Jushin Thunder Liger uh, sooner rather than later before Liger retires. When yet, we're not really sure. Um, but it was it was very, very, as you would expect, Liger's getting a lot more emotional in about this and, and in a feud with, you know, Suzuki kind of brings that out of people, but a lot more emotional in this than he has been in some time. So, when this does come to a head uh, in a singles match, expect it to be extremely, extremely violent, extremely, extremely personal. Um, as Minoru Suzuki is amazing at pushing people's buttons and getting them to to bring out the violence and the anger um, into their fights, which is what what Suzuki the King lives for. Uh, but happy celebration to 30 years of Liger. Of course, we now know that this will be his last year. Um, he said at the to- this at the Tokyo Dome with this next Wrestle Kingdom on January fourth, twenty twenty, will be his last ever match. Um, we don't know against you know against whom in what capacity. Uh, I think that you know there's a whole lot of time between now and then for him to kind of decide uh, who he wants to to grant that honor to. Uh, but he definitely has he definitely has Suzuki in his in his crosshairs right now. Yeah, I haven't watched the match yet, uh, but I'm definitely going to go back and, and take a look and uh, and watch it. Uh, 30 years of Liger, who, you know, who knew? I mean, that that guy amazed us 20-plus years ago with his wrestling, uh, back before the flips were a cool thing. And, you know, I still remember, you know, seeing him in the early 90s. You know, as you know, a much younger Liger, of course, uh, blowing it up there, having great matches, being one of the best. Now he's a legend in our sport, deserves every accolade. Um, and you no, know, he was able to even work in WWE and be part of one of uh, NXT takeovers. Uh, nobody remembers that, but probably uh, it may, many would may agree with me. Um, one of Tyler Breeze's Best matches ever, if not his best match. Yeah, I mean, you say that it it, it might have gone kind of under the radar, but uh, Tyler Breeze definitely remembers that match um, as it was an outstanding thing. You know, I mean, and and Liger also had a great match. You know, he one of his few matches in TNA where he came and wrestled Samoa Joe at one of their pay per views. Um, you know, not just having his success in WCW in the nineties. Um, you know, coming back and, and doing various feuds with with uh, Ultimo Dragon and 
and having some matches against Rey Mysterio in the early days of the cruiserweight division. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, having made, made big marks in, um, you know, against big rising stars and in, in the biggest companies in the world. All right. So now, uh, you know, we, we kind of brought up our being part of, uh, new Japan's best of super juniors. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, ring of honor here. And one thing, the only thing really that I want to talk about, uh, was this thing with Enzo and Cass XL. They call themselves that. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. Apparently, you can't teach how to come up with a good name uh, for your character. But, okay. So, War comes out, uh, and it's all over the dirty sheets that, guess what? This Enzo and Cass running at the ROH G1 Supercard was legit work. It was supposed to happen. It was planned. It was supposed to create some buzz and get them involved. However, it, it wasn't supposed to be uh, the way it, it was. And there wasn't supposed to be such a, a physical altercation. And I'm assuming between that, the, the two guys didn't do business right and went for business for themselves and of course the fans crapped all over it uh it seems that ROH has no plans to bring back Enzo and Cass XL uh there are no plans to continue this any further they're not booked for any ROH shows upcoming so this experiment failed miserably and ROH look like bigger idiots for even trying it. Well, a lot of people say that with some of the the storyline stuff that ROH did at the at the G1 Supercard, not only that, but with the bringing in the allure and and those kind of things, that a lot of people felt that kind of embarrassed New Japan by doing so much of the of that kind of stuff. Um, but this one especially because it, uh, according to the reports. It was supposed to be very, very minimal altercation. Um, I think Enzo was supposed to get into an argument with Mark Briscoe, and then Enzo was to shove Briscoe or swing at him, and then security would drag him out. But uh, it ended up turning into Enzo and Cass diving over the guardrail and brawling with anybody in in arm's distance. Uh, apparently, if you see some of the videos taken by fans, they're throwing some very, very, very hard shots. Um, so I think it, it pretty much went way out of control. Um, and yeah, ROH didn't use them at the TV tapings, have no plans to go forward. So because they went and tried to take business into themselves, you know, business for them, went into business for themselves, try to take it in their own hands to make it more of a bigger deal than it was supposed to be. Uh, they pretty much, you know, worked themselves into a shoot, into a market <laughs> shoot marks and, you know. And that kind of thing to where uh, where they work themselves out of a job. They sh- they shot themselves out of a job. Hey, they've been trying to do different stupid stuff with different places, you know. And so trying to get his rap album over by by trying to ambush the the crowd at a WWE event that one time, and uh, that didn't work out too well. I, and I 
I get what Ring of Honor was trying to do. They would attempt to bring these guys in. Fans would crap all over them and say, hey, they don't belong to be here. You know, they don't deserve to be here. They're not the caliber of wrestlers that Ring of Honor usually supplies. Um, but at the same time, by doing this altercation, the fans were supposed to want to see these guys come in and get the crap kicked out of them by the ROH faithful, the, the Briscoes or somebody like that. Um, but yeah, it, because it went too, it went too far too fast. They pretty much burned it out before it even started. Um, and, uh, that's, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what happened. But who, 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 any ROH offices thought that this would be a good idea. Who thought that they could have Enzo who is, no matter what, just the loosest of cannons in the world come in and do anything other than be in the bathroom going, here's a towel, sir. I work for tips. Because that's all he's really qualified to do. Cass, maybe Tess reincarnated. So he's stupid. Um, you could just have him do stuff without the little monkey on his shoulder. But the fact of the matter is, Enzo Amore has a mouth and an attitude that um, for any talent that he has, totally erases and nixes out that talent with his attitude in his mouth. Um, Tama Tonga released a video earlier today, um, and his take on it was basically like, nobody in the locker room wants to work with Enzo. Nobody wants him in this business because, uh, as Tama Tonga called him, he's a cancer. Um, he leaves a bad mark in the business and everywhere that he goes and nobody wants him around in a locker room. When the boys don't want to work with you, that is a problem because everybody wants to make money. They want people to come look at the product and controversy creates cash is that old saying that Eric Bischoff kind of coined in wrestling. But if you don't, work correctly no matter who you are and how much controversy you create if you can't get people to work with you then you're not making any cash and you're going to be sitting on the sidelines um i just really want to know who took the big l in the roh home offices with this one who pitched this idea who may be looking for a job because they might have gotten fired over this craziness if not fired at least reprimanded because this was a bad idea to have these two come in and do this, 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 these shenanigans, especially considering it was the biggest show of the year. Ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I don't have the words, but it's Ring of Honor, so uh, it's not surprising. But just just when when I think that they're stay taking one step forward into positiveness. They take 200 steps back into, you know, stupidness. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm lost for words. I mean, I know, I don't know that many in English anyways, but still, the, the ones that I know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm a, a loss. But uh, fool, fool me once, fool me twice. I mean, I keep, I keep falling for this. Well, ROH is at the point again where they lack, they still lack a depth in their own personal roster. They're still having to rely heavily on guys coming in from CMLL, guys like Bandito and Dragon Lee and 
and guys from New Japan. You know, the War of the Worlds shows are coming up uh, the first or the second weekend of March or May, excuse me, the second weekend of May. Um, you know, and of course, that's there. You know, it's four shows now where they're bringing in a lot of New Japan talent to face some of their, um, you know, some of the ROH core talent. But it's a very, it seems like a very, very shallow roster. Like you have the Kingdom, you have Villain Enterprises, you have Lifeblood, which is like seven or eight guys, but I think it's only one or two that you see regularly. Um, and then you have pretty much Jay Lethal and John Gresham. I mean, and, and you have Dalton who's doing something, and there's Silas is doing whatever. Like, it's a there's not a lot of guys that that are being pushed and seen as as top contenders, as top guys, as guys who can carry this company, they're still having to rely so heavily on uh, international talent uh, just to get, just to get to sell tickets, so to speak, to bring attention. Um, I mean, and that, I think that's their their biggest problem is, and it's a problem they've struggled with for years um, is just developing their own core guys and getting people to care, getting people to care about these about these athletes. And something that we're being given to care about uh, is something of old. As the NWA are teaming up with ROH, because I, I don't understand why everybody wants to team up with ROH. They're presenting this Saturday the 2019 Crockett Cup. And we got a lineup. First round matches of the... Crockett Cup, of course, tag team tournament made famous by the NWA back in the 80s. I think 86 or 87 was the first year. But here we got the Briscoes against the Rock and Roll Express. Bandido and Flip Gordon versus Guerrero Maya Jr. and Stuka Jr. The War Kings, Crimson and Jax Dane. Versus uh, a tag team to be announced. And Villain Enterprises, PCO and Brody King. Versus Yuhi Nagata and Satoshi Kojima. Well, it's, I mean, the first round, it's, it's an, you know, it's ROH. It's the NWA. So the Rock and Roll Express won the first ever Crockett Cup in, in 86 or 87, I believe. Um, and so, you know, they, they're still ripping it up and rocking and rolling and when they can. Uh, so they're, they'll be there against, you know, the Briscoes, but then you bring in other teams who are, you know, the war Kings have been NWA world tag team champions. Um, you bring in some international teams like Stuka and Maya. Um, and then two former NWA world heavyweight, former NWA world heavyweight champions. Well, at least one of them is, I don't know if Yuji Nagata was, but, um, Satoshi Kojima and Yuji Nagata, um, you know, they've been, they team together a lot on uh, the undercard of the New Japan shows as they're both active in the, in the dojo with the Young Lions. Um, but they'll be coming together to team against, against PCO. Um, and the, the joke was made that Yuji Nagata will not be the oldest man in the match uh, for the first time in a long time. Uh, at 50 years old, he will not be the youngest man wrestling in that match as PCO has him by a couple of years, but it's a very, very interesting mix. And then you have this wild card team, which I think is to be determined by, uh, by a battle Royal. Um, we'll determine the final team that will take on the war Kings in the first round. Um, but you then also have several of the NWA, uh, the NWA singles titles being defended. 
on this show as well. So the rest of the lineup here, uh, we have Willie Mack defending the NWA National Championship against Colt Cabana. The NWA World Women's Championship will be up for grabs as Jazz, uh, for medical and personal reasons, had to bow out and vacate the title. So, Allison K will go one-on-one against Santana Garrett for the championship, and Medusa will be there to present the championship belt to the winner. And in, we also have the World Heavyweight title match. The NWA champion, Nick Aldis, will be defending those 10 pounds of gold versus the villain, Marty Scurll. That right there. That's was, that's going to be worth the price of admission in itself. I mean, um, you you want to talk about history and prestige? It, it is sad. Get well soon, the Jazz. Hope everything worked out for her. But you've you've got these two women, Allison Kay, um, going against someone she's familiar with, Santana Garrett, for a prestigious title like the NWA Women's Title. You got the ten pounds of gold, just legendary. Aldis has been taking this title everywhere defending it around the world trying to again as he has so many times said bring prestige back um, to the nwa title to bring that history back to the forefront here in wrestling against marty scroll marty scroll has been tearing it up everywhere he goes roh new japan um these two i think are going to put on a clinic um for this title and give the fans a treat you know you talk the crockett cup there a lot of prestige, a lot of uh, big tag teams of international experience, tag teams of the past and the future. And then you also have all these singles titles being defended. Um, I've been a big fan of Satoshi Kojima for a long time. Saw him for the first time uh, in 2003 at ROH's final battle in December 2003. Uh, he was there with the contingency of Japanese stars that came in, including Kazuyoshi and the great Muda. Um, were also part of that group, but I really fell in love with Kojima and sought out VHS tapes and DVDs. And he kind of really helped kind of inspire and reinvigorate my interest in Japanese wrestling beyond, yes, I watched Liger and I watched Muda, but I didn't really track down a lot of their Japanese stuff. I just appreciated them while they wrestled in the States. But Kojima, I, I started tracking down VHSs and DVDs and he kind of helped invigorate my love of Japanese wrestling. So he's been a guy who I've wanted to see live again. Um, one more time, especially now that he's, you know, he's over 40. So he's, my thought is that he wouldn't be making a lot of international excursions, um, as he's a little older now, but here's my opportunity. I couldn't make it to the war of the world shows. It's just a little too far away being in, uh, Cedar Rapids, Michigan and Buffalo, New York. And I also have other things going on during that time, but, uh, me and a friend are making the trek out to Concord, North Carolina, just north of Charlotte for the Crockett Cup to to uh you know, to meet Cozy and then and talk to him and, and kinda tell him that, you know, share with him that he kinda helped inspire my love of Japanese wrestling, um, which, you know, still carries very, very strong to this day. Um and so I get to see him and Yuji Nagata, who was also another guy who, you know, we saw in WCW in the nineties you know. Uh, his feud with um, with Ultimo Dragon was one of the earlier feuds. I remember when I when I kind of started watching wrestling again. They fought over the the television championship. Um, it was 
so just really exciting for me to see them and also the briscoes and the rock and roll and um and then of course there's there's a big contingency of legends that are surrounding that event as well um i think there's a like a meet and greet kind of dinner on friday and there's kind of a meet and greet fan fest on saturday morning before the show um you know people jim Cornette and all three members of the midnight express are going to be there um uh you know among a lot of other greats from the past and the present um so it's they're making it into a very very big event uh the crockett cup weekend but uh get to see a lot of great matches a lot of great wrestling and and people that you don't you don't get to see every day, let alone against each other every day. Yeah, when I when I saw that the uh, that Kojima was going to be there, I know we had talked about you uh, not going up north because just logistically wasn't going to work out. But then, Concord, North Carolina, and it's like four hours from us. Yeah, that's easy. There's this there's no thinking. It's like as long as you are free that day, you are there. It's like. It's a one day trip. I was as soon as, as soon, and I had probably heard that, but when you pointed that out to me, I was like, "Oh shit!" And I found, I you know, yeah, I pretty much bought tickets that evening, um, and uh, knew I had to be there to get the chance to see him one more time. I was really hoping to see Jazz as well, um, as I've you know been a big, I've really enjoyed her stuff through the through the Attitude Era. I thought she was a great foil to the the diva superstars of the time, um, and she's done a lot of great stuff. As women's champion of the NWA, 948 days was her reign. Um, having to give it up for for as been very quiet, but it just says medical and personal reasons. So um, a little disappointed we don't get I don't get to see her um, there as well. But um, Allison K. Versus Tanner should put on a hell of a fight, um, and hopefully we do get to see Jazz back in the ring uh, again sooner rather than later. So that that will be. Uh, Concord, North Carolina, the Careverse Arena, and the LUA, not ROH percent, the 2019th Crockett Cup. Uh, this Saturday, who fun Danny Danger will be in appearance. You see him, uh, say hi. I think they have a bar, buy him a bunch of beers. Yep, it'll it, it be, it be an emotional time. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, just uh, Danny, you know, getting to see Liger. It's center stage, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, then being able to uh, meet uh, the great Ultima Dragon in Tennessee. Now, here you go. Seeing Kojima, not only seeing him, but meeting him. Because Kojima will be part of the meet and greet that afternoon. Uh, yeah. Uh, take him a slice of bread. For the, for the bread club, yes. Get some bis- I'll bring him some biscuits or something. Some, you know, some a southern representation for his bread club. There you go. Alright, lastly, uh, this had been rumored for a while, uh, the status of uh, Goldust, Dustin Rhodes, uh, you know, slowly but surely we've seen him change his social media, you know, make changes to his status, uh, not being featured uh, on WWE TV. Uh, of course, the dirty sheets would continue to report that he was gone from the Lee. Uh, well, Dustin made the announcement official this past week. Uh, you know, coming out of the latest episode of Being the Elite, that Dustin Rhodes is uh, done with the Lee. His contract is done. He has been released, and 
on May 25th in Las Vegas at AEW's Double or Nothing, Dustin Rhodes, The Natural, will be going one-on-one against the American Nightmare. You had mentioned it, that they had been talking about, you know, what was Dustin's status. Goldust hadn't been seen on TV in a long time. People were thinking, well, maybe he's kind of slid into like an agent position, you know, kind of helping mentor the younger talent, set up matches, those kind of things. Uh, But he, uh, yeah, he is, his contract is done. All obligations met. He is free and clear of World Wrestling Entertainment and wants to wrestle his brother. Uh, The match he had hoped for several years ago um, when he was making his comeback after he got he got clean and got in the really great shape. Uh, he was wanting a one-on-one match versus his brother. Instead, they teamed them together um, to have, you know, a, a, what ended up being a very, very exciting uh, run as a tag team as Goldust and Stardust. Um, so now they get the one-on-one matchup, and it's under their rules um, at All Elites Wrestling's uh, Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. It's the poster, of course, just says Cody versus Dustin um, as the na- any any aspect of the name. The former names are, are probably owned by Vince. Oh, um, probably they are. <laughs> certainly be an exciting and, and emotional match, I would assume. Yeah, here you go. Dustin versus Cody. Uh, and of course, Dustin will be, uh, you know, showing a fresh new coat of paint. I uh, seen on uh, being the elite. He's got a new color scheme there, black and red. Um, so exactly what we're gonna see out of Dustin Rhodes, I'm not sure, but it's gonna be cool regardless. And you know, if this is indeed uh, what many believe his last match, uh, he'll get to go out, you know, but putting baby brother over because I don't think anyone's gonna bet otherwise but yeah it's 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 a great way to go and whatever dustin decides to do whether it's continue acting maybe work backstage for aew whatever he does uh i I know that he'll definitely uh be very successful and with that uh later um later 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 this year we'll be able to uh go back and talk more about the you know the career of uh, Dustin Rhodes, you know he you know the natural in WCW, and of course uh, you know Goldust that broke all barriers uh, and you know I th- I think opened the door for many uh, performers to be able to uh, be different and you know be able to be more personas that uh, that that people. Could accept, uh, and it, it's what a wild ride for Dustin Rhodes. I can't wait for us to talk uh, more in detail about that. But right now, you know, Dustin versus Cody, May twenty fifth. I'm looking forward to it, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys uh, again soon, uh, wherever we get to be together again. Uh, but for now. Uh, a lot of indie shows around the area. Uh, of course, there's uh, another action wrestling show this Friday, followed by Scenic City Showdown in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee uh, on Saturday. 
Then next weekend, Making Towns Classic on May the 3rd in uh, Chattanooga as well. That, that'll be the Making Towns Classic second year here. Uh, they got a brand new group of uh, women uh, looking to uh, tear the building down. Uh, you know, right now, women, uh, in, you know, the women wrestlers are taking over. Uh, and they're showing that they can go against anyone, men or women. And you know what? That is a okay. Uh, and I, I, I love it. I, I love everything that that's going on. And glad to see that the women can be treated as equals in pro wrestling. So with that, thank you for listening. I hope you'll have a great night. Make sure you subscribe to the FOW Radio Network on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. Check us out on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at DannyFNDanger. Mika's on Twitter at MikaVillis. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling. Mm-hmm.